This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling. With your hosts, David Frankenstein and Count Stunning. The wrestling hour is upon us. <laughs> The liberation starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween. Welcome to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And I already been tricked because even though David the Smart Mark was on vacation last week, he won the Churchill Cup with his hand-picked ringer, Greg, whatever his name is, from the Smack Daddies. David, how was your vacation and how are you doing? My vacation was lovely. At the time of recording, I am absolutely ball bugged, as we say over here in the UK. I've th- uh, this afternoon, I have or today, I have driven literally the extent widthwise of the United Kingdom. Oh my word! Every major road was shut. It's been emotional, but I've got here. I'm here, ladies and gentlemen, for you, good people. Um, Greg Feltham, you have my. Upmost thanks. Did a sterling job, not only on the show, but especially with the Churchill Cup picks. Sir, I bow towards you. I thank you. And I thank you for standing in because he did. Let's face it, Sean. He did. He did a good job. Yes, the podcaster that shall not be named never again on this show. He did a great job. He did, mate. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, young sir. And uh, hopefully we'll have him on again when there's the three of us. I think I might like that. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean, what's up behind you? Look out! I'm not born yesterday. I'm not falling for that trick. Allow me to Uh-oh. introduce you to the horror of Stunning Six Questions. It's time for the Stunning Six Question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. David, there's only one place we can start our Stunning Six Questions this week, and it's your beloved Ring of Honor. What are your thoughts no. on Rear Arms' announcement that they're suspending operations <sighs> after final battle for at least the first quarter of 2022? And this comes alongside the fact that they are allowing their current talent to work wherever they want to as of now as they're being paid to the end of the year. And some of the bigger names, they're going to get paid through at least March 2022. Yeah, yeah, obviously we're always going to start with this. Jesus, where to begin? Where to begin indeed? What I'll do is I'll give you, obviously since this story broke, they've been rumour controlled, as is the wrestling media circus, which includes us in our small little piece of the pie. It's been going mad. You have been hotter on Messenger than I think with me, than I've, uh, I, I ever think in the last 24 hours, than since we've known each other. And, you know, there's a story, it changes every hour. So I'm going to give you what I think, because really, realistically, none of us know the truth, apart from the initial statement from Ring of Honor. Obviously, when it was first announced, every my gut feeling was, oh, that's it. They're done. No one will never see their like again, so to speak. And I was of that ilk. Then I went back and reread the statement, and I thought, well, maybe. But you just nailed it in your um, initial question. The big, there are some big names in there. There are some some good workers. Are there some top-of-the-bill AEW and WWE workers? I don't think so. Certainly not WWE. There's maybe some journeymen that could go in WWE and do some jobbing. But I think there's some um, mid-card 
stars for AEW to pick up. You know, you look like people like Lethal, EC3 would be the immediate two to spring to mind. They like Orange Cassidy, why wouldn't they like Dan Housen? You know, stuff like that. I quite like one of the rumours that I've seen this afternoon is that, and it literally was today, was that AEW have signed on temporary contracts i.e. about six monthly contracts, half a dozen of the big names, and they're looking to do an invasion angle. I would quite like, I've got to be honest, I wouldn't be averse to that if done right, but we shall see. Is it? Do I honestly think it's the end of Ring of Honor? Yes, I do. My heart, because quite simply, whatever contracts they're on, these guys, after final battle, have got to work. And if they get wherever they're getting and getting money, are they going to want to come back and risk a company that's then going to let them go again? Even if they're on retainers, whatever they're on, they're not going to do it. Which is, gives me the impression that, and I hate to say it, I've loved, I've been a Ring of Honor fan since 2002, since the inception, um, right from the early days when Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm went over and appeared in one of the first couple of shows. That's how I discovered it. Um, discovered Xavier, um, you know, all these names that have gone through. It is such a shame. And if it is because, as the rumour stands it, because of Sinclair Broadcasting, um, shame on you, Sinclair. Uh, shame on you. You know, David, I've been reading every story I could get my hands on, and of course I've been saying it to you all week long, because apparently yep. one of the stories is they've been trying to sell tape library for like the last three or four years, and the asset price is so high, nobody wants to touch it. Now, personally, I feel like AEW needs to buy the library for Ring of Honor, and also, if I was Tony Khan, I would wait, and I would make a play to buy Ring of Honor and make them like the second tier of AEW, so you have a feeder system for new yep. talent. Yeah, that's that's something I've read, and it's a fair point. And I would say the Ring of Honor tape library is probably the greatest tape library of any company at any time. I know that's a big claim to put out there, but you think overall of the stars uh, that have appeared in Ring of Honor. I mean, I know my Ring of Honor DVD collection is ridiculous, and I actually ended up selling some of it um, because the Queen quite rightly had said, look, do you really, you don't, you know, it's a collection. You don't watch them. Um, and obviously now with with streaming, I don't. If I want to watch a show, I'll go and stream it. Um, so I'm just being greedy. I've got some special ones now that I've kept, I've kept back. Um, you know, just some of the guys that I've, um, that I've loved in Ring of Honor over the years. But I, I, I don't know what to say. I am genuinely, it actually has put a genuine dampener on, on what's been a nice nice week for me personally apart from the drive back round bloody Birmingham today but that's another story I don't know what to say I really don't I'm here I hope I'm wrong and it isn't the end of it but my gut feeling tells me it is David I believe that the arena honor that we have known for the past 20 years is going away and what they're going to do as a rebranding of arena honor is they're going to keep the name since Sinclair bought the, the rights out and you're going to have a promotion more like Maybe Pro Wrestling Gorilla, where you have a certain level of talent on per date basis. They wrestle, they get paid, and it's going to be hard yeah. for them to have a champion because they're not going to have long-term contracts because Sinclair wants to make this more financially solvent for them. To be fair, the PWG analysis is a good one because they, they, they're still doing it, and they've actually moved from Reseda now and have got a slightly bigger regular venue, but they only do shows well, once every two months now at the moment. So we'll see. I mean, let's let's not be overly pessimistic. Let's hope that there is a way out and that there is a way out. Uh, is a way forward, sorry. Um, 
but I do think that there's two words that could save this and you've already said it and that could push this forward and hopefully his love of wrestling will and that is Tony Khan and if he saved Ring of Honor I any criticism I've ever had of him with his fantasy with his lazy booking and what have you if he saves Ring of Honor and keeps Ring of Honor going I'll, I'll just I will I will drop the knee and yes yes Mr Khan no Mr Khan yes Mr Khan because I've all, Ring of Honor have been a staple of my life for the last 20 years well you look at Ring of Honor over the past 20 years they literally been the backbone of the pro wrestling scene across North America because you look at AJ Styles CM Punk Samoa Joe and the list goes on and you see them in both AEW you see them in WWE if they didn't have this base to start at in Ring of Honor right after WCW went out of business we may never seen some of this talent early days Sean first champion Xavier low key you had um, Christopher Daniels in the mix AJ Styles you know it these are the early days, even before people like Punk, Seth Rollins, uh, Tyler Black coming along, the, you know, Samoa Joe, Brian, da uh, Brian Danielson, um, we could, Nigel McGuinness, we could do this all night. You know, we really, really could. And even the subplots of, you know, Kenny, I mean, it always tickles me that now the greatest wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega, was only a bit part player in Ring of Honor ever. But I can think of half a dozen just must-see shows of theirs ranging. Even, it even made me a little bit like hardcore wrestling for a little bit when they had their war over the summer with CCW. And you had those, I think there's eight shows that, that are collector's items and they're rare as rare things can be. And I've got the eight over the summer, which culminates in Cage of Death at um, in a ring of... And you actually had away fans in the bleachers. You had a CCW crowd on one side and the ROH on the other. And they are just absolute must see shows you've got chris hero and cesaro like swapping sides all the time because they've worked for both companies it was just brilliant brilliant booking you've got cornet behind it who, who genuinely hates it anyway so he was not selling or shooting and he, he genuinely hated zandig and then on one episode there's cornet versus zandig in the middle of the in the middle of the um ring of honor ring and and, and these are promos so obviously cornet rip, rips Sanding a new one just because he's Jim Cornette and rip anyone a new one, you know. Um, and they're just supposed to see shows. These are going. This company is going that has been part of my life. Now, I can go back, yeah, I'll quite happily watch my DVDs. Um, but I want to see them develop another Seth Rollins, another Brian Danielson, another Samoa Joe, another CM Punk. And I want to see another Nigel McGuinness, mate. I thought we were going to get that with Mark Haskins on that little period that Haskins, you know, when they were starting to push Mark ha Haskins, who's talented as hell. And it's, it's a company that's gone for these guys. And, and it's such a shame. It really is. Anyway, let's move on before I sit here and have a wee cry. Okay, David. So we're going to move on to stunning question number two. What do you think of NXT 2.0's Halloween Habit? I know you love the show because that's how you became the champion. <laughs> I'm pleased Champ is still the champ. I'm pleased for Gigi Dolin. After that, it can go away. And when it gets to go away, it can turn left and go away some more. And that's the polite version. Anything else you'd like me to add without getting the swear jar out? No, I agree with you. I was torn at one point because I was happy for Gigi Dolan winning the title. Even yep. though it cost me a point, I was like... She deserves it. She's one of the best professional yep. wrestlers in the world. And she's a trio now that has all the gold. Because somehow Raquel Gonzalez lost to Manny Rose. And we're going back in time because Raquel Gonzalez is going to feud with her 
Like former best friend. <laughs> Boy, I yeah, love WWE I, booking. Uh, I thought at one point Chucky was going to wrestle on Tuesday. I was like, well, to be fair, he's, he's less wooden than some of the bloody performers in there. Honestly, mate, it was just... As I say, the only thing they pleasantly surprised me with was those two results. But there's not enough talent in there. There's not enough talent to hang, you know, to, to, to ha- for them to hang with. It's just a shame, but it's garbage, mate. I'm sorry. You're not going to get any more from me unless something drastically changes. You know what, David? I agree that you're right. I do believe this tr- truly shows you that this version of NST is basically a more like a FCW. It's for the newer talent to get some re-experience in front of a, a somewhat live studio audience. It is, but what it shows to me is that the script writing is not written by wrestling people. It's written for green wrestlers, so they'll just go on and go and do as they're told. There's no imagination there. There's no thought process. It's just it's just garbage, Sean. Whether they're talented or not, it's just garbage. And I'd say that. Don't want to. Don't want to. Well, David, let's move over to stunning question number three. What are your thoughts on Impact Wrestling's decision to make Moose their World Heavyweight Champion? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to Finland Youth Radio this past week, starting one's takeover and my rant about this very segment, so I'm all ears, David. What do you say about right, it? Right, I, I'm aware of this because I spoke to the station manager on Friday, Friday morning over a couple of things at Finland Youth Radio, and we discussed young Sean's stunning performance in my place on my wrestling radio show and to be fair he did exactly what i expected him to do he knocked it out of the park i'm not blowing smoke up his ass i'm just saying what i expected sean to do sean did it and to be fair it was well received even by the members of the management team over there that don't know jack about wrestling so all's good on that respect now i knew this was coming and i have to say i haven't heard it yet i'm, I'm going in early monday morning i've got my monday morning show to do which i've started to prep for and i do the last hour of the breakfast show and and it's in that that i'm getting to hear um i'm getting to listen to what sean has produced but i i have no doubt had no doubt about what would be the result now seeing the results of this pay-per-view and the performance i knew what sean would have said instantly he's a big josh alexander fan and to be fair Josh Alexander, probably one of the few real talents that Impact should nurture, should bring on. They've got crowds back. They had a few, almost a few in for Bound for Glory. It was obvious Christian was going to drop to Josh. Certainly in my mind, he drops to Josh. And then Moose cashes in. When Josh has got his family, his friends, he's celebrating. And it's just, who books this? Who genuinely comes up with this and thinks, this will be a good idea. This is going to put bums on seats. This is going to put eyes on the product. I would genuinely love to meet these people and have them explain to me, as a 50-year-plus wrestling fan, why I, why I should like that. When I'm already enjoying what I'm bloody watching. Go and ruin it for me, you absolute bellends. No, I'm with you, mate. You That rant was deserved. I'm looking forward to hearing it, and I just hope it doesn't set me off live on Monday morning's breakfast show. Well, David, allow me to continue my rant because I went ahead and I watched Impact Wrestling on Thursday just hoping <coughs> they would do something to save themselves. So Moose comes down to the ring, and who's the first person to interrupt Moose? It wasn't Josh Alexander. No. It was Eddie Edwards, and Moose just clears house of Eddie Edwards. Just like that. Boof! Gone. And we don't see Josh Allen Center until like maybe 10 or 15 minutes into the show. He finally attacks Moose. 
and are not going to making the, the main event Moose versus Josh Alexander to get this title off of Moose. Nope. They're doing a six-man tag match next week on Impact. And we're, we're thinking, oh, hey, at <sighs> least Josh Alexander has a chance to wrestle Minoru Suzuki in a singles match. No. They can't get anything right. It's a six-man. You have Moose, W.M. Morrissey, and Minoru Suzuki on one side versus Eddie Edwards, Josh Alexander, and a third member on that team. And I'm going like, this is not what I want to see. I'm not going to tune into Impact. Mate, I don't know what to say. It's something we discussed. We're both looking forward to it. Alexander can work. Obviously, Christian's a veteran to lead him through to a good headlining pay-per-view match. They achieved that. And then some bellend from the back thought it was time because it's the biggest show of the year. Let's not have a happy ending. I don't know, mate. I don't I, I really don't. It's Wrestling 101. And everyone else outside the ring gets it. Why don't the people concerned? I don't understand. And speaking of I don't understand, let's move over to <laughs> question number four. What are your thoughts on Gray Hamilton's release from the WWE? Now, if you don't know about this, David, he kind of got into a Twitter feud with a certain rapper. And Mr. Hamilton yeah. decided, oh, you know what? I'm bigly WWE. Allow me to play the big stick. But wait a minute, Greg, you don't have the big stick. I don't know really what to think because I don't know. I mean, I actually I, I actually enjoyed the feud. I thought the feud was quite funny. I'll be honest, Sean, and I may be in the wrong here. And by all means, I'll be put in my box here by someone over there in North America. Let's put it like that. I thought Greg Hamilton came out the better of this, the better looking. I don't know. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to comment on something that I'm not knowledgeably in tune enough with to comment on. But... I, I, I initially thought it was funny. I was then like, go, Greg. And then it was like, oh, you literally are going, Greg, because <laughs> you've been sacked. And I thought that was a bit harsh, to be fair. Well, my only thought was, Greg probably is an independent contractor, just like the wrestlers are with WWE. Yeah. And the moment that you cross that line with your corporate boss, yeah. and you don't have like the yeah. backing of your boss to say it, you're just going to be up the creek without a paddle. And that's where he found himself. So I'm less like... Dang, Greg. Yeah, that's fair. you're announcing, but you just went one step too far. That's fair, Sean. That's a very fair point. Okay, so standing question number five. We're going back to Dime Night this past week to the main event. David, what do you think of the main event? Because it's been kind of polarizing in the wrestling community. Has it? Yes, it has, because there's a certain group of people who think, oh, it's too funny, ha-ha, while another group thinks, you know, it was kind of cool, it's kind of funny, it got to the right point. Right, okay. I'm on neither side of those arguments. Should it have been... It's a question for you. Should it have been the main event? David, I could pick two other matches from that card that should have been exactly. the main event. The first one I would pick would have been Sheeta versus Serena Deebs. And the second one I would have picked would have been the one they opened the show up with was Body Fish and CM Punk. I would have put that eight-man tag match in the dead center of the show. Bingo. Absolutely. 100% agree. Now, I'm going to widen this point here, mate, because this is what seems to be happening, particularly more prevalent with Rampage. And apparently it's just happened the Friday just gone, right? We know what they open with, yeah? Danielson um, and Eddie. Exactly. One of the best matches of the week, yes. We'll come on to that, I've no doubt. But... They're opening with it because they just want to get people hooked in early by putting a great match on. When ironically, it's having the adverse effect. Apparently, from the arena, because they were so burnt out, as soon as that was done, everyone upped and left. And they were scrabbling around with camera angles to hide the fact that the crowd was diminishing the, the, the last two Rampage matches. So, 
at the moment, because they're in danger of punk saturation, of Danielson saturation, we haven't seen Adam Cole in a singles match since the Kaz match or Jungle Boy. Exactly, on both accounts. So why not put Adam Cole... You know, you can have the elite do their shenanigans at, at the end if you want, but they're suffering for this. Because all the promotion, all the premise, because Punk and Danielson have come in and had some stellar matches, and I would include Punk Bobby Fish. This, I really, really will come on to this. Enjoy Punk Bobby Fish this week. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I'll come on to that. Um, so I had no problem with the match at all. It didn't offend me. It didn't piss me off the tag, the big tag match. And I know why they put it as main event, but they shouldn't have done. They should have had that as the on-the-hour match to keep people in for the second hour. Exactly, Dave. Now, it got to the right point when you saw who was the safe of Marshmallow Man was Ashley Hangman <sighs> Adam Page, and he took the head off, just like in a horror movie, and Nick Jackson's just looking like, oh, shoot, I'm going to get my butt kicked. That moment made the match for me, and I was perfectly happy with everything that came before it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as I said, it didn't offend me. It didn't. I didn't even realise there'd been that much polar. Maybe because I've been out of the loop and not been on all my, you know, not been on the websites, not been on the, um, you know, not been getting my notifications as I routinely do during the week, apart from your the, the Stunning Sean um, messenger service, which has been um, off the hook this week. No, 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 you know, in all seriousness, it, it's, kept me, it's kept me very prepared for, and not ruined and thus ensured um, a family holiday wasn't ruined apart from three o'clock in the morning constantly being asked what are you doing watching dynamite leave me alone um <laughs> true story um <laughs> but you know no it didn't offend me and i didn't realize sorry to miss the point but my opinion i didn't realize there'd been that much consternation and even if i had i'd have been like to be honest i think my opinion would have been meh really is that all you got to worry about you know it wasn't offensive i can see why they put it as the main event but this is a general mistake that aew are doing throughout their programming their match placement at the moment is suffering okay david sixth and final stunning question of the week was it the right call to have mickey james defeat diana perrazzo okay heart says yes Head says no. Heart says yes because it's Nikki James. She's Mrs. Nick Aldis. We love her. Head says no. Leave it on Perazzo. Build Perazzo. The fact that she can beat Mickey James, they can still feud. They can, she can still bring stars. How are you going to get new talent over and built into it if you keep putting it back on Legends? You can't do it and you shouldn't do it. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the less, less offensive things of the week. But my opinion, no, Perazzo should have retained. Okay, so going into this match at Bound for Glory, I was hoping that Mickey James would won. Because I thought, hey, this would be a feel-good moment. You have Mickey James win. And like I said, I went to watch Impact. So guess the next challenger for the Impact Knockout title is? Take a guess. Madison Rain. Yeah, okay. Um, I, yeah, I was, what do you want me to say? Mickey James, Madison Rain. No, uh, uh, no, not for me. You see, the the two uh, the the iconics have just got in there and won won the female tag titles. I'd like to see them split up and use them use them as singles wrestlers. Um, but hey, uh, no, not for me. Um, and that's where it falls down with Mickey James. I mean, Grant. I like Madison Rain. Madison Rain had a good run in the early 2010s. In Impact Wrestling, she was a queen bee, and I enjoyed her character. But has spent the last two and a half years kind of in and out of wrestling. And she's been on commentary with her husband, Josh Matthew, on Impact. 
and she's got to a point where she's super annoying to me, and I'm just like, I don't want to go revisit this feud from 2013, 2012, Mickey James versus Madison Rain. I would rather see Deanna Perrazzo in hindsight keep the title and let us find somebody else for Deanna to wrestle. Uh, but who? Who would you have? Bring back Thunder Rosa? Um, that's an obvious one, isn't it? Hi, there's a forbidden door, or there used to be a forbidden door. I would have kept it open just for a bit longer. And that lady called Sheeta, I would have sent her over to Impact Wrestling for like <laughs> six months and have her feud with Diana Perrazzo. Yeah, yeah, I've got no issue with that. Um, but we'll see where they go, mate. It's Impact. The, I mean, the fact that I, I find it offensive that coming back to the top of the program, or back to the top of the show, that they're going to outlast Ring of Honor. I find that mortally wrestling offensive. Horrible. Okay, exactly. If you went back in time and made a bet with anybody, going like, hey, I'm going to bet you $100 that TNA wrestling is going to outlast ROH, everybody would look at you like you were a stupid idiot, and they would take that bet, and you would have been freaking rich. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm only going back to, um, I'm only going back to depress myself. Um... <laughs> I come back, Ring of Honor. I miss you already. Okay, Duds. So, do you want to go ahead and do your Dud of the Week? It's time for Duds Dud of the Week. What has set him off this week? Okay, David. Besides what we already talked about, what has set you off this week? Um, yeah, whatever. Um, now there are two things because of my time gap. I've not had chance to put over on this program. And um, one of them, so I'm going back, it's probably slightly late, and it's maybe things that you and Greg discussed previously, but both of them, I find, no, well, one's way more offensive than the other, but they're both offensive, have been offensive to me, since me and you last looked at each other lovingly, like we do every week. <laughs> Stop wincing, you love it. Um, now, I messaged you after something, didn't I? Really, really angrily having watched it live, and that was round three of Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes and the ending. And I nearly put my TV through. I was that angry at it. I really, No, Sean, seriously, I'm a grown man. I know all about wrestling, shy of being permanently behind the curtain. You know, and we know what it does. We know we can get angry. Normally, I get angry because the performance is crap. You know, not because, but I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get Cody Rhodes, his ego, you know, I, I, I made myself watch an episode of Rhodes, Rhodes to the Top, and it made, nearly made me sick. He's, I, I don't, he doesn't, he, even the Bucks, right? Even the Bucks and Kenny will let someone beat them and not have the last word and not have the last laugh. Yes, they get all their shit in. Yes, they get all their offense in. And yes, they get shenanigans in. But I, I Cody Rhodes should never, ever, ever go over Malachi Black. It's not even negotiable. It's not. Malachi Black, realist- I can't realistically watch that and think, knowing Tommy Eng and what he can do in a cage, let alone a- or an Amsterdam street or a wrestling ring. I've met Tommy at ICW shows two or three occasions. Fuck me, he's scary. You'll need a swear box. So I can't sit and watch a wrestling program and watch Cody Rhodes beat him. Just can't. I just can't. And it really, really, really offended me, that ending. Not just upset me because I'm a wrestling fan. It's not what I wanted. You know, all yada, yada, yada. Cry your eyes, fat boy. You know, it's this actually offended me because of its lack of realism. Dud stud of the week. David, I agree with you. Like I was talking with Greg last week, I thought the third match was way too soon. 
And once I saw the outcome and how they're dragging Pac into this Cody vortex of mediocrity, I'm going, no, 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 not, don't bring Pac into this. Cody needs to go away. Hi, I used to be the Cody Rose supporter here. I want Cody to go away now because I thought his promo was good until the point where he didn't turn on iron and become a heel. He's like, I don't want to be a heel. He literally went on TV, cut a promo where you thought it was leading to him turning on iron. Actually, fast back a week before that, that third match, I thought the Nightmare family was going to turn on Cody and join Malachi. Mate, it's, it's, it's Roman Reigns syndrome. It's John Cena syndrome. I mean, all right, they eventually did it with Reigns, so I'm not contradicting myself. I'm aware of what I've said. But you know the periods of time that I'm talking about it, where no matter what crowd... The crowd, listen to the crowd. You know, just listen to the crowd. They're the paying audience, for heaven's sake, man. And he's just not going to do it. He is just not going to do it. And now, right, it's a point. Say hypothetically, we're... You know, when are we recording? It's a Saturday. We're late Saturday, UK, midday, midday, um, Knoxville time when we record. Say they did it on Dynamite this week, Sean. It's too late. Don't, still don't give a crap. Still don't give a crap about that man. Get out of that company. Run it, run it, run it by all means. Run it, be whatever you need to be. Take your media hungry wife with you. Um, I, t- I don't, there's so much talent in that ring at the moment. And so much talent potentially in that ring at the moment. You look at what they're doing with MJF and Darby Allen, with the, with the four pillars, MJF, Sammy Guevara, you know, all this stuff. That's brilliant. The four pillars, I thought, was genius. The four pillars of AEW, the four young talents. Very clever. Very, very clever. That's what you need to be doing. Not holding out to some old geezer's ego because his dad was a legend in the business. He's not even the best roads in his family. Agreed, David. You can easily see it because we saw Daniel Bryanson, or sorry, Brian Danielson versus <laughs> Dustin Rose, and that match was freaking awesome. Yeah. And like, and like Cody said, he's the better brother, and if Cody could live 300 years, there's no way on this planet he could touch Dusty. So, Cody, go ahead. Go to Hollywood. Go ahead. Run AEW behind the scenes for a year and a half. I don't want to see you on wrestling until 2023. I don't even want to see him then, mate. But, yeah. Um, for you to say that, and I know this, like, ladies and gentlemen, for, for stunning Sean to eulogize like that about Cody Rhodes, it's um, that shows that it's, you know, we're not picking on a particular talent. We're not, you know, it's just his, his ego's out of control and it's damaging the product and it's damaging talents who are better than him and at the end of the day he doesn't need to do that so anyway um i'm not even going to go on about my other one because um a time but it had something to do it had something to do with saudi arabia i'm sure you can work it out um but the one thing i will say about that is the show was nowhere near as bad as i expected you know it had like a good two matches on it i mean you need to go see the <laughs> Hell and Cell match. That was great. Ali versus Monster match. That was pretty good, too. So you watch those two matches, and you just disappear, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually enjoyed the ending to um to Lesnar Reigns. I thought it was very clever. David, it was clever, but I just didn't care for the match. Okay, fair enough. I, I Okay, then I'll rephrase. I thought the ending was clever, and the match was better than way better than I envisaged. That's not to say it was a good match, but it wasn't. It wasn't in the dumpster. Well, you know, a match that was surprisingly better than what I thought it was going to be 
was Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. But yet again, WWE decided, oh, hey, this guy we bring in every now and then, we got to put him over and we got to destroy Bobby and Hurt Business yet again. Yeah, I know. I know, mate. That's why That's why it's not. I can't even mention that. Um, there was a lot. But, I mean, we've um, and we've mentioned that now about Crown Jewel and it was one of the better Crown Jewels. So it just shows how bad the others have been. Well, David, we're going to end this show this week. I'm not going to do any news because we talked all about ROH and we already talked about the release of Greg from WWE and the 76 questions. So we're going to end this episode with a treat that is the top five moments of the week. It's RFPW's top five moments of the week. Since you came back from vacation, I'm going to put you to work. What's your top five moments of the week? Right, in no particular order this week. Danielson, um, Eddie Kingston from Friday Night's Rampage. Ouch, is all I've got to say. Gigi Dolan getting her hands on some gold. Cheered me up right up. The ending to Crown Jewel, just the last three minutes. Heyman was just... I, I actually had a big smile on my face at Paul Heyman during that. CM Punk, Bobby Fish. I loved that, and there's room for more. Absolutely loved that match. It was slow, it was methodical, it was wrestling. They picked the pace up again near the end, but it's what I want in professional wrestling. I really, really loved that match. Almost as much as um, Danielson and Eddie. I really, really did. And finally, what am I missing from my five? Ah, the ongoing MJF. Um, Darby Allen feud. Um, I, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. I think it's fantastic. And I'm also enjoying Sammy Guevara with potentially some say in that and appearing in that. Really, really like that. They were not in any particular order, but probably because Punk and Fish would have been at number one. Okay, David. So allow me to give you my top five matches of the week. Because my top five are all matches. And I'm starting off with number five. It may be a match that a lot of people didn't see because it was on AEW Dark. It was Brian Danson oh. versus Anthony Sello. You need to go check this match out. Of course, Brian Danson won the match, but it was entertaining. And it gave a chance for Anthony Sello to wrestle Brian Danson. So my number four match of the week comes from Bound for Glory. Yes, it's Josh Alexander versus Christian Cage. Just watch that match until you see Christian hand the title <laughs> and turn it off. And you'll be perfectly happy and you won't suffer the same rage that I did, okay? Number three match of the week. This is a Joe Adenago special because it's Cheetah versus Serena D number two. And the only reason it's at number three is because there's two matches that are 1A and 1B. And 1B, I'm going... Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston because, oh my god, I felt that match for the TV. And the other one is CM Punk versus Bobby Fish. And we're heading to a CM Punk Eddie Kingston feud at We are. So, yes, 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 sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say, I agree with that entirely. One thing I'm going to take you back to, mate, because I mentioned, I'll just quickly, the, the notes I had this week, because I've been driving today much, much longer than I thought. Um, one thing I meant to bring into the show, and whether you can do your magical editing in, I'm going to ask you a question, right? Take yourself back to Halloween Havoc, NXT this week, right? Io Shirai. Oh, no, was it Halloween Havoc? Io Shirai and the ladder. When does she stop? When does she stop being stupid? David, 
I'm hoping they either bring her up to SmackDown or Raw because I have a feeling that she's going to keep doing these crazy spots until something bad happens and she won't be able to wrestle anymore because that match was so scary to watch in person because I was watching Halloween Habit live and I'm going with her and GD Doe and I'm going like please don't get hurt please don't get hurt and the spots yeah. were just crazy and I'm going like somebody should have went over this match and like you know what these are kind of cool moments but let's tone it down to a level we don't need a 15 we need a 10. I actually got engaged on a couple of social media chats this week. Saw the spot that I'm talking about. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what spot I'm talking about, don't go and watch it. Don't. It's uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. And I didn't... It was worse... For me, it was worse than Lance Archer's on Dynamite. That's how bad it was. Because Lance Archer's a big fella, and he eventually got up and get well soon, Lance. You know, I, I loved the fact he came out and said, I've mucked up. I made a mistake. It's on me. Um, I'll, I'll be all right. And got back. Um, this was just sheer stupidity. And people are going, oh, she's brilliant. She does this. She does that. The other. Yeah. But do you want to see her paralyzed at what? Early 20s. A good looking, you know, young lady who just because, you know, she feels the need to push the boundary uh, too, too far. No, I don't want to see it. I, don't, I know she's an athlete. I know she's um, she can perform these things. Don't want to see it. It made me feel really, really uncomfortable. I just wanted your thoughts on it because obviously it's not something we'd spoken about while I've been away. David, I agree with you. It was just one of those matches where I was really happy when it was over and there was nobody hurt yep. in the match. I'm going like, okay, we got through it. We got new champions. Happy for Gigi. Happy that Eel yep. not hurt. But there's moments in that match where I, if I was a trainer in professional wrestling i would have had this match recorded and going like this is what you should never do in a wrestling ring unless you're main eventing wrestlemania yeah 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 100 percent. bang on now i mean i only saw it because it was again you, you've said it you've said it all the way through through the recording mate because of our our you know one of our our special favorites she's uh you know every now and again me and you have a certain wrestler that we will agree on and very rarely does our mind gets changed and this young lady the former Priscilla Kelly is one of them we followed her career with interest Sean and myself have and as I said in my five I'm absolutely delighted she's got gold I don't give a shit where it is I'm glad she's got gold because she deserves it but I also don't want to see Io Shirai with a broken neck I don't want to see her in a wheelchair at that age um, because she's tried one spot that was utterly, utterly ridiculous and dangerous. Exactly, Dave. And there's also a spot where G.D. Doan took this parabone spot onto a ladder where I had to literally close my eyes because I'm like, oh, my God. You know, this is coming from a man who's lived through Casey Owen, Viper, and um, Kaylee Ray in the garage and been told to um, go forth in jerky movements by all three who were laughing at me at the time and then laughed at me after the show. Because um, apparently my face was a picture. But, yeah, I mean, mate, oh, it was just it, oh, it was so uncomfortable. Um, and I hope I hope not to see that again. But anyway, sorry, mate. Why don't you tell the good people, um, have a happy Halloween. Ladies and gentlemen, your patron saint is stunning. Wishes you a very happy Halloween. Go out, gain all the candy that you could possibly gain. Be safe. And we'll see you Tuesday for the Rockin' Wrestling Show on Finland Youth Radio, where I come back with my segment of the week. And next Sunday, we get to pick full gear. And I know David's the champion right now, but 
November's a new month, and it's going to be a very different Peyton or Satan is stunning. So until then, <laughs> David, tell the people have a great week. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week from the Smart Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, have a stunning start to your week, and have a stunning start to November. <laughs>